This is Retire at Peace with Gerald G. Ginwright from Mainstream Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Gerald provides his clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retire at Peace with Gerald G. Ginwright. Hello and welcome back to Retire at Peace. This is Gerald G. Ginwright with Mainstream Financial Group. If you would like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call at 888-324-0589 or visit us online at retireatpeacepodcast.com. And while at my radio page, check out our past shows and subscribe on Apple Podcast or Spotify. For many of the folks I'm lucky enough to work with, Social Security is a critical part of their overall retirement strategy. And they're not alone. According to the AARP, Social Security pays out almost $100 billion a month to around 65 million retirees. And a 2020 study referenced by AARP indicates that a whopping 90% of U.S. adults support the program. In this day and age, there aren't many things that 90% of people can get behind. Of course, when you have so many people relying on something like Social Security, it's only natural for rumors and myths to abound. During this episode, I'm going to address some of the most common Social Security myths head on. An AARP article, 10 Social Security Myths That Refuse to Die, addresses some of the most commonly heard myths the first of which is that Social Security is going broke. Here's the first fact on this one. Because Social Security is a pay-as-you-go system, as long as American workers and their employees are paying payroll taxes, the program won't go broke. It won't run out of money. So why doesn't the myth refuse to die? Because while Social Security isn't going broke, it does face some challenges. As the article notes, the program took in more than it paid out for several decades, leading to the nearly $3 trillion surplus by the end of 2020. However, as it currently stands, the program is beginning to pay out more than it's taking in. That is happening because the population of retirees is living longer and growing faster than the working population. Without any changes to the program, the nearly $3 trillion surplus is expected to run dry around 2034. But the program won't go broke even then once the surplus is gone. At that point, Social Security would still bring in enough money to pay about 78% of benefits. Congress would then have to figure out how to make up the missing 22%. Let me interject my opinion here. Given 
how important Social Security is for many people. 90% of support in that AARP survey we just mentioned. I don't think Congress is going to let the program wither. The next common myth is that Social Security age is 65. The reality is that full Social Security age is 66 and two months for folks born in 1955 and 66 and four months for folks born in 1956. During the next handful of years, the full Social Security or retirement age will nudge up in two month increments until it's 67 for those born in 1960 or later. The age 65 myth has lived on because when Social Security was enacted in 1935, 65 was the eligible age. Decades later, the minimum eligible age dropped to 62, at which point you could take a reduced benefit, but 65 remained for the full retirement age. It changed in 1983 when the full Social Security age went up in order to reduce the program's cost. 2002 was the last year in which people who turned 65 could receive their full benefit. The next myth that I've heard a lot during my career is the annual cost of living adjustment, or COLA, is automatic. By law, benefits must be adjusted annually to keep up with inflation, but that doesn't necessarily mean a yearly COLA jump. COLA is linked to the federal index of prices for certain consumer goods and services, which is called the CPIW. Social Security benefits are adjusted yearly according to the changes in the CPIW from the third quarter of one year to the third quarter of the next year. For example, in 2021, the CPIW showed a 5.9% jump in prices, so benefits will be 5.9% higher this year. If the CPIW doesn't show a measurable price jump, that indicates we have little to no inflation, meaning your monthly Social Security check isn't going to get bigger. Since the current formula went into effect, this very scenario has played out three times, 2010, 2011, and 2016. Regardless of whether or not the formula calls for an increase in benefits, the process is automatic. The next myth is that members of Congress don't have to pay into Social Security. It's been a long, common complaint that members of Congress don't give Social Security the proper amount of attention because it doesn't cover them. However, since 1984, members of Congress, as well as other federal employees, have been a part of the program. Before 1984, members of Congress didn't pay into Social Security because they were part of the Civil Service Retirement System or SERS. Those who were in office before the beginning of 1984 could continue utilizing SERS, 
but only in conjunction with Social Security. Those elected after January 1st, 1984, are covered by Social Security and the pension plan that replaced SERS, which is FERS, which is actually the Federal Employee Retirement System. The next common myth is that the government will dip into Social Security to fund other government programs. The two trust funds that pay out Social Security, one for retirees and their survivors, and the other for people with disabilities, aren't part of the government's general fund. However, the government can and does borrow from Social Security. Social Security's tax revenue is invested in special U.S. Treasury securities. Like with other Treasury Department bonds, the government can spend the money on numerous programs. But like with any other bondholder, the Treasury has to pay the money back with interest. Social Security redeems the securities to meet its obligations. That borrowing powers the rumor that the government is snatching money from Social Security and leaving a pile of IOUs behind. But in reality, the government has always repaid the money in full. Many people essentially view Social Security as a personal retirement savings account, but I'm afraid that one's a myth also. The government doesn't hold your payroll tax contributions in a personal account that's eventually paid out to you with interest after you retire. Your Social Security benefit is determined by the amount of money you earned during your career, not on how much you kicked into the system. Again, your contributions cover benefits for current retirees, and when you retire, those still working will help cover your benefits. Rather than thinking of Social Security as a retirement account like a 401k or an IRA, it's better to think of it as an earned benefit the government will pay you so that you will have some level of income during your golden years. When I say some level of income, how much am I talking about? Social Security wasn't designed to replace the entire amount of money you made while you were working. For most folks, Social Security will provide roughly 40% of pre-retirement earnings. Here's something I've heard a number of times throughout the years. You don't pay taxes on Social Security. So, myth or reality? That one's a myth, at least after 1984. That year, Congress passed a Social Security overhaul that, among other things, dictated that a portion of your Social Security benefits are taxable. The amount you pay depends on your income level. You'll pay federal income tax on as much as 50% of your benefit if your income for the year is between $25,000 and $34,000 for an individual filer are between 32,000 and 44,000 for joint filers. You may also owe state taxes on your social security if you live in some states. Check with your tax professional to find out for sure. 
If you've enjoyed today's show, visit us at retiredpeacepodcast.com and click on my radio page. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And finally, if you want more information about what we discussed today, give us a call at 888-324-0589. Thanks for listening. And until next week, this is Gerald G. Jimmy. Thank you for listening to Retire at Peace. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Gerald G. Ginwright at Mainstream Financial Group. Call 205-324-0589 or visit him online at retireatpeacepodcast.com. Gerald Ginwright and Mainstream Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed in the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.